Hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast. This is Becoming Relentless and I am your host, Eleanor McCabe, and I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Cecily Wesch and Danielle Kusenberger. And today we have a very special guest. He's not here in person. It's our first Zoom guest, mm-hmm. but we're on with a very cool Dylan. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell the podcast, who are you? My name is Dylan Phaneuf. Uh, I've been a fitness coach for some time. I kind of got my start, let's say, um, in weight loss. I was kind of like very obese my whole life. And I just ended up finding fitness through an accident um, that left me pretty crippled up. And I knew I needed to do something. I was very young. So I just, I, I got into fitness. I got the fitness bug as we all, I'm sure, have felt our own individual way. Um, you know, once I learned it was possible to change and malleate my body and alongside that, my mind, I kind of became addicted to it. And then over the years, you know, coaching different weight loss clients, which then I got into functional health, which I got into bodybuilding. And now um, I'm part of Team Miller Elite, which is a decent sized team up, up here in Canada. Braden and I are kind of, um, along with some of our other coaches, are, are doing our best to provide the best service in the industry that we can. And I sort of work with a variety of clients. I don't have like, I only coach bodybuilders or I only coach this type of person. I have a varying roster and I actually like that. It's it's very fun for me to do that. That's so special. Do you have, so you've been doing this for a while. Do you have a lot of long-term relationships within athletes and clients on your roster? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I'll try not to be too long in my answer. I've been doing this for about nine years, something like that. And one of the things that's very interesting is I've sort of, changed my avatar let's say i'm on my third life probably so you know when i started off you know i lost 160 pounds i was mostly marketing to weight loss clients etc and at some point that just felt ingenuine because i the problems that those clients need solved i was so far removed from solving because i sort of had figured it out for lack of better term and i was no longer interested in solving those low level problems so that's my brain is ADHD, wanted to get into something super complex. Um, so I started doing some mentorships in the functional health space. And, you know, Dr. Dwayne Jackson was a huge, huge part of that kind of for me. And, you know, got to really learn alongside someone that had a years of experience, not only in the sort of the medical community, but coaching bodybuilders as well. And I started to realize like how much some of that information could go into bodybuilding. And I've always been passionate about bodybuilding. One thing that was really weird about me even when I was super obese, not athletic at all, I would like buy like flex magazine and stuff. I, I like, I was a Cutler fan. Like I was completely obese, you guys. Like, and I mean like obese <laughs> and still really, really liked bodybuilding. I just thought it was cool. And, uh, you know, so, so that I was one of those people that tried bodybuilding training like three times and I was hooked. It was yeah. just like, yeah, give me this, you know? And, uh, I've really been on that path since I've never been one of those people. I tried to lose weight one time and 10 years later, here I am. And my whole life is kind of evolves around fitness. All of my, let's say businesses in some sense revolve around fitness, you know, opening a gym, having supplement stores and coaching. Uh, So I'm very grateful for what this life has given me. Yeah. That's, that's insane. The impact that like one choice and one action has compiled into. And like you like you said, you have so many businesses now. And I know you're telling us a little bit about them, but I think I want the audience to hear like everything that you do as well and like all the businesses that you're going into it right now as well. Sure. So I have um, 
I have a supplement store uh, that I've had for three and a half years. And it, when you start a new venture at that time, it's like, I'm sure you guys can relate. You start something new and you think, oh, this will be kind of hard and I'll figure it out. It took a, a good while to figure it out, you know, to be able to scale. And, you know, then getting some different people in my circle as I've grown up as a man, let's say, connecting with, you know, Braden and Ty and Brandon, some of the guys in my circle, um, Justin Mahaley was one of those guys when, when he coached me and him and I are really close friends still, you know, just having these people to really push the envelope connections, networking, all of that. Um, so I've been able to kind of open a store here in Edmonton as well with Braden. And then we're opening a gym, um, you know, at, in like a month, month and a half, we should be once construction's done. And there is some plans for some more store stuff as well in the future. I got a couple more of those coming up. So it's very exciting. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. I, I honestly have worked so much in the last year that I'm desensitized to work. If I work a 10 hour hour day, I feel like something's wrong with me. (laughs) I feel like I should busying myself, but it's good. I'm managing it to the best of my ability anyway. I admire your worth ethic a lot. I I want Mm -hmm. to be there. Like, I know it's a process. I mean, it's just, it's super admirable. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Um, Some of our friends, uh, Brandon and Nicole, who are also coaches, they kind of moved up from Florida actually. Um, And they're kind of staying with us here because I needed another residence, but it was nice that they wanted to come up and just help open the gym and do some things. So and I, I mentor Brandon as I do some coaching mentorship as well. And, you know, it was, it was nice to be able to have the help as well as split the costs of having another, of, as, as having another uh, residence. And that's kind of what he says is he's like, man, you make people feel bad when they're, not, when they're not working because it's all you ever do. But I'm not one of those people that like has to force myself. And I also like to point out that, cause I have clients say that like, I wish it was like you. And it's like, Hey, be careful what you wish for, because all of these disorders didn't end up here necessarily from a rosy path, let's say. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the reason why I work as I get older and dig into my old psychology, my own psychology, excuse me, is because of things of lack or trauma in the past. So I'm sorting that all out, trying to find a balance between family and relationships and friendships and work. And obviously, right now with all these businesses, it's kind of uh, there's an old saying in the, in the farming community, like where I grew up, make hay when the sun shines and it's mm-hmm. time to work right now. Cause I got to get these things off the ground, but I'm not looking to work 16 hours a day, 18 hours a day for the rest of my life. I can tell you that. Right yeah. It's a lot. It is. Crazy. Yeah. It seems as you continue to reach new heights and you're reaching new levels, you're also then having to balance that out with the internal work as well right. is what it sounds like. And that's not always fun. People, people don't want to do that. <laughs> no, it's, um, I don't know why um, I'm a little bit religious. So I have my own set of beliefs, but I got given a lot of that. I remember being very introspective. I was a very weird child. Like my mom was buying me, like I didn't want toys and stuff. I wanted like philosophy books and Greek mythology at like nine, 10, 11 years old. It was always very inward. I spent a lot of time alone in an isolated place when I was young so I have a big imagination and I've always been willing to like, look at my own bullshit, let's say, I mm-hmm. guess. That's super, that, that's all a, of it. That's a gift. Yeah. yeah. Having that level mm-hmm. of self-awareness. That's mm-hmm. very, very cool. Especially at that age mm-hmm. too. Even if you're not. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we can all put things under the tile, so to speak, and hide things in the closet. Mm-hmm. And I definitely did my fair share of that. But as I've gotten older and found a good circle of people who want the best for me, 
not malevolently, but actually want the best for me and want to push me to the best of my abilities. You know, uh, I've done a lot of psychological work with professionals. I've done a lot of psychedelics. <laughs> so there's kind of multiple tools that go into, in, into you know, for me uh, in my journey of just learning how to handle all this, not, not only stress, but just responsibility. You know, you start have multiple staff, multiple clients, as you, I'm sure you guys can relate to. It's a lot, you know, you, your people are relying on you. And if your shit isn't sorted, it's really easy to mess that up, you know? Mm-hmm. What would you say is the biggest contributor to your growth overall? It's funny. Um, exactly this psychological development. And it's funny because I would say in the last, up until very recently, um, like my fitness is ingrained in my life. You know, I, I've been training for a long time, but I would say the last two years, um, I've had a bigger focus on business growth than like my own physique development. And in that process, because I realized all of my shortcomings, because what happens in the discovery process, I call it, as you take on new tasks or responsibilities, especially the ones that you're striving a little bit for, you know, so we could, if we're talking about competing, maybe you've won a regional show, but now you have to become the person who can win a national show if you're interested in progressing. And that person who can win the national show or, or a pro show even more so is a different human being. It's literally, you're coded for different genetic pathways. You're not the same person that you were at those lower end goals. So all the psychological work I didn't realize was making me stronger and stronger and stronger because it's kind of like walking down a set of stairs slowly. You don't really realize how far you've gone until you turn around and just my stress resilience, my ability to stay calm under stress. To me, that's actually like probably the number one along with some personality traits, the number one correlation to success is like how someone handles their stress. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to tell. Mm-hmm. So for people who are just starting out, they <laughs> typically will not have that mental resilience. What are tools that you recommend to them or even to sure. listeners who are maybe their regional level competitors and they're looking to get to that next level? So what, what are some tools you'd recommend for them to develop that mental resilience? Sure. That's a great question. I think one of the things that sort of people need to remember is that nothing is too benign for us to work on. And I think that, um, I think maybe Danielle brought it up, but people don't want to look at that. They don't want to look at, become self-aware. And part of that is because it's easy to tell ourselves the same old story. Very easy, right? Like, oh, well, I wasn't in shape because I didn't really try that hard or, you know, this thing happened or the judges happened. And I'm all about vicious personal responsibility because I believe that it's really the only things that we can control. And even more so, the only thing we really have control of, even you guys competing, you know this, physiologically, sometimes your body just doesn't play the part and you can do the right things. And guess what? It doesn't always work out. Mm -hmm. But psychologically, like if you can't control your mind, you're just a feather in life's wind. And I was a victim of that, let's say, or, or um, someone who felt trapped to that. In my early 20s, I did a lot of wandering and, and straying the path. And I, I think one of the things that people can do to help themselves is just to understand themselves a little bit more. Mm. I think that we have a very pathetic understanding of like human beings in general, and then even more so a lower understanding of ourselves, because that's where I think a lot of clients find value in working with me is just because I ask inquisitive questions, because I know that people put this front up, right? So if I ask someone a problem like, hey, how come you're not following your diet or, or why are you struggling with this? 
it's usually three or four reasons that I almost know are going to be nonsense. Or they're like partial truths that they're putting one blanket in front of the other, trying to get me to look at the things out in front. And I'm already knowing that I have to dig deeper. And that's where sometimes I'm not sure if, you know, like I've heard this before about, you know, kind of staying in your lane and all this stuff. But, you know, I quit school very young and I've been on my own for a long time. So I'm not bound to educational boundaries. I don't care if something's in psychology and then over there in biology and evolution and religion and physiology. If it becomes true across multiple pathways, I can use information from wherever the hell I want, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I try to use a variety of tools to help clients, usually by understanding themselves and their body more. That can lead to the, I call it the discovery process, right? Because for instance, I'll, I'll take an example. I had a client a little while ago who was, um, who had, traveled abroad uh, for a trip and she was actually going to a wedding with a bunch of friends that were from here ish originally, and they had lived overseas. So she was going for this wedding and, you know, we had talked about her dieting strategy and going into that and obviously having some freedom, but also keeping her goals in the forefront. She messaged me, you know, a couple of days in and said something like, you know, I'm, I don't know what's wrong with me. I went to this uh, kind of wedding party last night. I think it was maybe like a shower before the wedding. And I just couldn't stop eating. You know, I don't know what it is with me and this food. I get around these snacks and different foods and I just can't stop. And then I, I kind of flipped that on her and I said, I don't think it's about the food. I think that you're simplifying it down to the food and that's what you've been attacking for many years. And that's why it's not getting better because you're, it's sort of a front And I I asked her, I said, were you comfortable in the environment? So first question. And the answer was, yes, these are all people I'm very close with. Uh, You know, I I care about them. They care about me. I I wasn't uncomfortable in that at all. And then I thought a little bit deeper about what this might look like being a group of females. And I know that this girl is, um, you know, five foot 11. She's she's a very, very strong girl and a very large human for a female. And I asked her, I said, how are you feeling in comparison to yourself versus everybody else that was there? And as soon as, as soon as I said that, I could see the typing thing going <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. And basically it came back. That was like, actually, now that you bring that up, I hadn't even thought about this. I just was very uncomfortable because like, I'm the tallest girl there. I'm the biggest girl there. I'm the most Jack girl there, or, you know, insert any kind of term that you want. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've always been that way. And I said, so do you think that that uncomfortableness led to a desire to seek dopamine? And then that's why you went for the food. And she's was kind of had a little, you know, a little aha moment there. Mm-hmm. Right. So now in the week subsequently, it's not that she's perfect. It's that she can catch herself, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it becomes harder to tell yourself the same nonsense story when you've become aware and kind of pulled the snakes out from underneath that tile. Where it's like, look, I don't know how to fix this necessarily, but I kind of know that I'm just looking for something to make me happy. And, you know, I kind of told her this would be the same thing if I put someone who struggles with drugs and alcohol at a rave and then ask them to abstain from drugs and alcohol. (laughs) Like it, 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 you know, they're, they're, it's not about the drugs and alcohol. It's about the feeling that they're trying to create with the drugs Mm -hmm. and alcohol. So same thing with the food, right? So these are just the type of inquisitive conversations that, and I'm going to be honest, uh, females struggle with this a little bit more. And that's why I think I end up specializing in working with females because their psychology is more sensitive to negative emotion 
And I think that's from like an evolutionary sense because you guys evolved to take care of small creatures Mm -hmm. who you need to be more uh, in tune to negative emotion for a threat detection system in in some sense, even. Yeah. I love that you said that because I know, and like, I think we all struggle with in some cases uh, the same thing, but I know getting into fitness, like I obviously like I had an eating disorder. So I was like super small as this one person. And even though you change over time and you're a different person, you still might see yourself as Mm -hmm. the person you were before and you view yourself Mm -hmm. in that way. And like, you have to work through those thoughts that you have overcome and you've evolved and you've like changed. So I love that perspective. That was super Mm -hmm. cool. I love that you shared that. Thank Thank you. And the the questions, because we were actually just talking about this on the Grow or Die podcast the other day about how a lot of people, when they seek out help or advice, other people come to them and they just try to give them solutions. And they don't ask or dig deeper. And I think that that's something Mm -hmm. that has been missed a lot. Um, And I think that through coaching and just being a good friend or someone to support someone else, I think that the intuitive or the inquisitive questions to make them dig deeper and not necessarily give them solutions right away is one of the key components of like successful communication. Yeah. Yeah. And to add to that actually a little bit, I think that females really respond well and males too, but you know, what ends up happening in today's modern society, and this is just all my opinion, by the way, there's a lot of females that I've come uh, into account with who have never had a positive male relationship in their life, not, not with their significant others or other, not with their dad, not with their grandpa. And what that ends up doing is sort of skewing the lens of the world. And they're not used to having someone support them the way that sort of the patriarchal spirit can. And when they feel that initially, it can feel very good. Like we kind of know from the literature and just any one of us that's lived any type of life can understand if you have one person supporting you compared to zero, that can be Mm life-changing. That's why they give you one person. That's kind of your buddy system because that one person that has a little bit more experience than you and maybe has some tools and a lens that you don't to help you out of your nonsense and or psychological shortcomings is very powerful. And I don't tell people they're okay the way they are. Because I think that it's a slap to someone's face when they hire a coach first off to help them physiologically. And then I know to help them physiologically, I have to help them psychologically. Mm -hmm. So me telling them everything is pretty much okay is kind of an insult because Mm -hmm. it's like, I know I'm not okay. I don't feel that good. I don't think about myself that good. Then why the hell am I here? And Mm -hmm. solutions piece, I'll, I'll tie that to what you said. The solutions piece is really interesting because I actually had this that direct conversation was a big piece of the Grow or Die podcast that Justin mm-hmm. and I did. Oh. <laughs> where he asked him, what, do you, what do you think that I could do? Because we got into a conversation and all of a sudden he kind of switched gears and was like, look, I'm going to get you to help me with this right now. He said, like, sometimes I'm there kind of like yelling from the top of the hill. Like, here's the solutions, man. Mm-hmm. The tools, like, just mm-hmm. do them. And I said to him, I think you're maybe not giving enough credit where it's due to how intelligent people are. They're just full of nonsense. So they already know that they didn't do well at their last showing and they weren't in shape. That's why they hired you. Or if they would have just, if they loved everything about their last package, they wouldn't have came to you, but it's more likely you're going to have to repel down the mountain halfway and help push them up, not scream at them from the top. Mm -hmm. And I could tell that resonated with him a lot. And it does with a lot of people that I talk to because most people don't get led very well like that. And when I got into a lot of this 
bringing these ideas to the forefront, being grateful for the, you know, platforms like you guys to give me a voice. I, you know, I, I heard some, let's say pushback, right. And I think anytime you have something, there's some pushback. And a lot of it was like, my athletes don't need any of that. And, you know, when I started talking about this, I wasn't as successful of a coach as I am now. And I work with pro athletes and I work with lots of, uh, you know, athletes and, and just hardworking clients. They always fare better with, it doesn't mean they mm-hmm. couldn't suffice without. Mm-hmm. It just means that the person who's maybe judging this can't or doesn't have the skill set to deliver some of these things, but people certainly all always operate better. And I took a lot of this from the sports psychological literature. And if we're calling bodybuilding a sport, we should treat it like one, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times we want to call it a sport, but then we want to do something completely different from what, like where we have all the insights, whether that be anecdote or, or actual data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that also brings in like, we, I think all of us, all four of us, and most of the, like the coaches that are in our circle, we don't do this just for the results for the athletes, like physically, but we also want to change their entire lives. And so I think that's why that psychological component is like Mm -hmm. so, so important. I think that's what separates the good good coaches. coaches. Yeah. The okay coaches who can maybe get you some weight loss results Mm -hmm. and then coaches like all of us who actually care, Mm -hmm. who can get you the sustainable results, who can change your mindset, who can change the trajectory of your life Mm -hmm. just by like what you were saying, helping you address like small daily, like seemingly benign things, Mm -hmm. fixing all of those and addressing yourself, being self-aware, we can help you do that through our coaching. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely the, the market right now, the industry, there's a lot of coaches. So it's a little bit difficult. You know, it's hard to spread our message when it's so. I literally, (laughs) I literally had an athlete come over to me where her, her coach didn't respond. Like there was no communication. All she did was weekly updates and updated the plan, but there was no communication. And like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Like what's going, it was literally just data and then protocol sent. And that just, it blew my mind. Yeah. That, that seems more common than I yeah. would like. To admit. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know how to coach like that, I guess. Yeah. Like I don't know how to lead someone by doing those actions. So to me, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying someone might not like that. And maybe someone doesn't need it. I can't speak for everyone, but I know that what ends up happening with a lot of my athletes is just a tremendous gift. And if I talk about this too much, I'm going to get emotional because I've seen so many people in the last year leave relationships that they had no business being in. Um, I've seen people move across the country and start a business and get a promotion or take a new job or take that risk or decide to start a family. And a lot of this was, I think the fire started in the discovery of working together and being asked challenging questions that just make you think about things you maybe haven't thought about Mm -hmm. and, or developing a map to actually get to these things. And because when I'm sure, as you guys know, you start conversing with clients, well, I have a lot of entrepreneurial experience. I have a lot of work experience. I left home very young. I had a very difficult life. So that ends up being very useful in, and you know, who knew that when I was 10 years old, getting interested in philosophy, that that would come full circle and tie into my fitness coaching, but it certainly does. And when you can start to give people value across three or four different areas and they can start to pick up some momentum and someone has, has belief in them, 
God damn it. People are really powerful, you know, and I like to treat people like the creatures they can become, not the creatures they are. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's just impact. Facts. Yeah. (laughs) It's very cool because like y'all said, it's impact and not just their physique, but their entire lives Mm -hmm. and how they view themselves and how they view others. Mm -hmm. And that impact spreads to other people as well. Cause like when one person grows, everyone around them grows as well, or they Mm -hmm. get left behind because it's a choice as well. But yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. That was very cool. So I was doing a little bit of stalking on your Instagram, going through some posts. And sure. I wanted to dive a little bit more into anxiety because you've, sure. you've done some posts on that. And I know like 80% of the people that come to me right now, as we start working together, as I start getting to know them and like that process of like, as I coach, not that they're my friends, but I get to know them. I get to know what's happening in their lives. I see their pets, their significant others. We talk about their daily challenges, all of that. A lot of them tend to struggle with anxiety. And I've always felt like I can do my best to help in the sense of a coach, but I'm not a therapist. I I go to therapy, but I think that the mindset work that you're doing is super, super important for the industry. So how do you how do you lead your clients through that anxiety? What are some of the tools that you ask them to deploy? What are some of the questions you ask them? How do you lead them through that? Sure. So, um, you know, I think that one of the things that I've tried really hard to do is tote the line of, you know, doing mindset work and, and actual therapy. I end up a lot of the times being a middle ground where folks are we're doing the discovery and sort of the you're opening up the box to showcase that there's some things in there that might need sorting. And it's usually not me and them doing the actual sorting, but it is usually us together doing the discovery piece of that. And one thing I like to, so so general information uh, can help clients a lot. So if we're talking about anxiety specifically, we have to remember that anxiety is a state it's a human psychophysiological state that is biologically wired into us for survival reasons. And we're more sensitive to negative emotion because something like you can only be so happy, but the depths of hell are unknown. And that's even like in the religious text. So we're more sensitive to negative emotion, which means we're more likely to pay attention to it. And I think people now, because of the way that the modern world views this, is you get anxiety like it's sprinkled down in the air. And now I've caught it like an airborne disease. And you you don't necessarily have anxiety. Your body and your mind is in an anxiety state, which every person possesses the ability to go through. Mm -hmm. And when you start asking people questions, simple questions, right? You know, like I was on the way home with, um, you know, one of my mentees today after our training session and he lives with me. So it's really easy. And he had a client, you know, going through some stuff. And it was coming out as the food and the training and her body image. And I asked her or asked him to ask her, I said, Hey, could you ask her if there's anything in the last four weeks that has changed significantly in her life and, and, or that could be causing some stress. So, and I gave him some examples to give her even, cause I've been doing this long enough. I can usually guess. So it's like, do you have something to say to your significant other that you're not saying? Or your boss, especially as a female, because females are way more trait agreeable and will just swallow down their own needs and desires 
until it builds up a big ball of resent and they have to leave or disrupt or nuke the whole situation, which causes a piece of trauma to be put in place, which actually causes the likelihood that they're going to repeat that action in some version of it over and over again, which is why we see like if a young female has issues at home with uh, uh, the lack of fatherhood, we see them pick poor partners usually over and over and over again before you know, God helping, they they usually mature as they get older and, and sort them sort that out. But it's I think a lot of the times because you're going through life just with the blinders on, and most people are just trying to mask over the feelings instead of being a little bit slower in the process of asking themselves or being asked questions. And in this case that I'm referring to, it was like a a, a scroll, like an ancient scroll. It was like dad cancer diagnosis, um, job career change, bad breakup, you know, yada, yada, yada. There's five things that would any one of those things would shake the ground beneath a normal person. Mm-hmm. And there's five right there. And it's like, hey, letting someone know that if you're looking at fitness in the long term of your life, it's very naive to think that you're not going to have some big ups and downs because life is a very challenging game. And we have to think about it like moving forward over the long term and structuring the micro goals in between that, knowing that not everything is going to be perfect. And I think the bodybuilding industry perpetuates that a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. And I understand why, because contest preps are very short in the grand scheme of life, and there's not really time for much error. But I think that leaves a lot of the beginners and intermediates and consumers of the information confused over time. Mm. And they don't realize that like probably all of us have had something go on in the last year, never mind 10 years, last year that has changed the effort we were able to put in into our training. And for people like us who do this for a living, yeah, maybe the effort stays higher than the general population. But it's still, there's still a varying scale for where we know we can be when we're on our shit, like 100%. Psychology's feeling good. The body's responding good. Versus like you take a competitor who's going through a functional health issue. You do a show, you do awesome. And now, great. Now you have amenorrhea. You're not going to feel as good about your body as a female when you have that. So if you think that you should be feeling a certain way and you're not, that's what gives people anxiety. Is they're trying to create outcomes of feelings using strategies. And that's how people get very OCD. Mm-hmm. Like this meal comes at this time and this and that. And I understand the regimency in, in bodybuilding. And that ends up being something that we're, we have to do, but when you're not conscious of like, Hey, I'm choosing to make these decisions. And whether I eat my meal now at three o'clock or four o'clock, it's probably not going to change like how the day goes, and how the stress comes into my life and how I manage it. You know, we're not building rockets here. And I always try to let people know that you know, there's usually some deeper work to be done. And if you're not where you want, that's probably where I would start. Like, it's very rare. I don't know about you guys. It's very rare that I get a client and I'm like, wow, look, I gave them this, this exercise. They'd never done this kind of blue kickback before. Now they're fixed. Or like, <laughs> oh, wow. They, you know, they, they, they never had, um, they never had peri-workout nutrition programmed. And yeah, they might feel a little bit better. Maybe workouts are a little bit better. Maybe performance is a little higher. But it's unlikely that that is the thing that got them from where they are and where they are conceptualizing they would like. You're very good at explaining things. Yeah, that it's it's also I'm like learning so much in the way that your brain operates. 
I like it. It's 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 very logistic and it's amazing. It's very easy to follow. Yeah. You're a very it's you're a very natural teacher. I feel like you're a very natural educator. I appreciate that because I remember being about 12 years old and my teacher asking me to stop talking and asked me what I was going to do with my life. And my very ignorant and egotistical, naive self at like 12 years old was like, I don't know, but I'm going to make more money than you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, oh, I remember God. in about 2014 or something, <laughs> I made a tweet and I had put that and then underneath I had started online coaching and I was a more egotistical young man. I've healed myself from a lot of that. But I just put one of those tongues out emojis with the money coming. Out of it. <laughs> that's, like, that's what I'm. That's what yeah. I'm going to do with my talk. What do you think about that? That's funny. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is hilarious. I found myself like very connected to what you're saying. It's very mm-hmm. relatable because I do think like within the last year, that is a journey that I personally have been going through of releasing the expectation of being perfect in your protocols. Because I had this, I had this notion that okay, now that I'm an, an IFBB pro, I have to be perfect. I my meals must be at this time. Everything has to be according to plan, and it would cause me stress and anxiety. And then my body would not change. We we did everything we could to try and pro debut prep last year, and it it just wasn't working. And I hugely, hugely think it was because of mental and just having that stress and the state of anxiety that I was in constantly. And so just what you were explaining going through that, I was like, yes, that is a hundred percent. I can see that across the board. And I'm, I'm very grateful to be like here with the people that I'm surrounded by because they were huge in teaching me that, that like, Hey, you can go out with your friends and order a chicken salad and that's not going to ruin your pro debut prep like six months from now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think that a lot of a lot of pro clients even will put way more pressure on themselves. So the higher you get up that ladder, I think the more that you naturally will feel because sort of the pressure is on. And I also think that what ends up happening, you know, what what you described happening to you happens to so many people. Like, I don't know, you know, you guys know a lot of competitors, probably more female competitors than I even know put together. And how many times have you seen females have to pull out because of health issues? And the health issues are almost never physiologically started, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, they're usually kind of started from a psychological or traumatic background, which usually ends up turning into a hormone uh, dysregulation, which usually ends up turning into a gut dysregulation or one or the other. And I started to realize a long time ago, like what came first, the chicken or the egg? And I didn't really care. And it was like, so I need to learn enough about all of this, not to be some expert per se, but so that when I'm leading clients, who are putting their trust and hard-earned dollars into me, they feel like I have the capacity to build a map that is going to lead them to where they want. And I also understand the human reward, chemical reward system. We derive positive emotion from setting a target of value on a map and then moving towards it in an efficient manner, not actually getting the thing. And, you know, I could ask you this as as an IFBB pro, when you got your pro card, it probably tasted really good, but not for as long as you would have thought, you know, and it's because that grand goal, although you're proud of yourself and you feel good, it's kind of like, well, I'm on to the next thing now. And 
if you don't, you end up kind of like one of those, uh, you know, using a, a joke to bring this in, you end up like one of those guys who was an all-star football guy in high school, but just stayed there. Mm. They didn't move the bar anymore, you know? So they, they were kind of living on the coattails of their past um, uh, sort of accomplishments. And that doesn't sit well with people. So when they have a coach who's, who's able to lay out a clear, concise map with some logical steps and micro steps and homework and strategies and having a support system. So all of those things put together, people can really, really develop a life for themselves. I believe in people. And I think we've stopped doing that because we've got so much nonsense going on, but I don't, I'm very interested in history and philosophy. And I always have been, we're the most dominant species to ever roam the earth by like a long shot. And that didn't happen by accident, you know, and, and, People are very strong, especially if they have the very limited things that people need to be strong, which are very scarce, unfortunately, in today's society. Yeah. Can you dive deeper into that? Why do you think that is? Poof. Um, I'll try not to get canceled in talking about this. <laughs> Answer your guys' podcast. <laughs> so... I think what it is, is a semi mix match of expectations where people are doing things for the wrong reasons. I think that that's, that boils down to a lot of it where people are living not for themselves, mm -hmm. but for some avatar version of someone's voice. So I always like to teach using examples. And uh, I guess actually I want to answer that with a uh, sort of one more thing, which is you asked me a question a while ago about what are some of the things, and, and this is a very useful tool for people. It's called the big five personality test. And the big five personality test is about, we can correlate 70% of someone's sort of life outcomes to a degree, just with this personality test alone. It's the only compared to like Enneagrams and stuff. That's all nonsense. Mm -hmm. That's just witchcraft. This actually <laughs> uses like a scientific method. And I'm fine with whatever people want to use, by the way, I, I have no problems with it. But when I can understand someone, and then because I understand the reward system, I understand trauma, I understand anxiety and depression, mostly because I needed to learn those things for to help myself. And then I get to pass that gift on to clients. And when you understand a little bit about yourself, it makes it easier to orient yourself through the world. So using, an, using another teaching example, when um, I was talking to my roommate a little while ago, we were talking about helping him with some content ideas. And I said, hey, you should make some videos like this. And he was like, I don't think I can make a video like that, really. And I was like, well, how come? And he said to me, well, I've been told that I can be like kind of an asshole. And I think that topic will be a little bit difficult for me to make without coming off as an asshole. And I thought about that for a good while, knowing him pretty well, being one of the closest people in my circle, because the first thing that popped up in my mind was, I don't think that at all. I'm like way more disagreeable than him and way less compassionate, like a hundred times. And I kind of said to him, hey, is that something that people told you? Or is that something that one or two people told you perpetually? And now you've told it to yourself for a very long time. I saw his eyes open up about three inches wide. And he said, actually, now that you say that, and I thought about that for 30 seconds, I had an ex-girlfriend who didn't treat me very nice. And actually, she was really the only one who ever told me that. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see that fence just falling down. And that's a very simple example of what I'm talking about, where you make someone aware of something. How can you tell yourself that same narrative now? Mm -hmm. What people, who, who thinks that? Nobody thinks that. And I certainly don't. And you could see the kind of the relief 
Because I think when this happens to us, we carry that shame and that blame and the regret, which causes internal malevolence. And females, because they're more sensitive to negative emotion, are very susceptible to this. So usually when I get talking to a female, within 10 questions, we've extracted a bunch of guilt, blame, regret, or shame, or a combination of all of them. And those are very heavy tills to pull through the land, so to speak, behind you. So when you can help someone start cutting these chains that are holding them back, they just self-develop and they want to, and it becomes easy because our natural state is to strive. Our natural state is not to sit and wait and have anxiety, but we're being taught the wrong ways of moving forward, in my opinion, in the varying degrees of our societal system. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And it like, it, like it resonates with me because like, well, I talked to Seth this week about some negative self-talk and like, I was thinking back to things that like I say negatively to myself that like, why, why are those things like, what words do I use? And is it because like, who is it? Because one person said that a long time ago and then like, I hung on to the word constantly and now I just like think about it. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. (laughs) That helped me. It's, it's very common. It's very, very common. Um, especially for females when it comes from someone who's supposed to care about them. And that's a very tricky mix Mm -hmm. because we have, Never mind it. Let's not talk about personal relationships. Let's go right to the coaching. There's a lot of coaches who just want the money or mm-hmm. never mind money, maybe even worse. They want to use you so they can win a plastic trophy and post it on their Instagram and keep winning those plastic trophies. Mm-hmm. To me, I'll be honest with you. I want to coach a bunch of Olympians. And I think that a lot of my services, I can kind of feel this electricity in the air. I think I'm probably going to do that. Mm-hmm. And that isn't coming from an egotistical or arrogant place. It's just, I believe in myself. And I'm starting to see the writing come to the wall. I'm getting more voice to talk about some of these things. But when I take on uh, a great athlete or even just a lifestyle client, I'm not just thinking about what they're going to look like. Mm-hmm. It's me. That's like the cheapest thing. That, that's the mm-hmm. that's the least value they're going to get here. And I actually believe that. And I think that's why I try and provide as much value as I think I do is because I don't view that. Fi- I view that physical transformation as a byproduct of the work mm-hmm. we're going to do, not the work. It's impacting you. Yeah, I love it. What would you say is your biggest motive right now? For for what? Maybe just mm. like motive, motive in life or motive or? in life. Yeah. Um, I want to accomplish. I have a very interesting family history. I know roughly what my family's been up to for about seven hundred years. I want my bloodline to advance 700 years in my one generation. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. That's an answer you won't hear anywhere else. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So I have some big goals and people sometimes tell me that they're too much pressure, but I believe that I was put here to carry the heaviest load possible. And so far my legs haven't given out yet and I keep moving towards it. So I'm just going to stick with it and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as you're fulfilled by it and you like, it brings you happiness then why not fucking do it? It gives me deep meaning and purpose. And I think that in the fitness industry, if we want to touch on that briefly, Mm -hmm. that's missing a lot. And that's why people have to force themselves Mm -hmm. to do things. I have to force myself not to, because there's so much meaning and purpose and value. And then that value system becomes how you part of how you derive your lens of the world. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing stuff that you really don't like, or that is just not suiting what you believe and you're doing it for someone else, it's not if that motivational system runs out, it's when. 
Mm-hmm. And because you don't have that meaning and purpose to drive you through the times of low motivation, mm-hmm. which are going to come because life is very stormy. And if you just set yourself up to be able to have this meaning and purpose, that's the boat that carries you through the eye of the storm to get through to the sunny side that most people are looking to. And then there'll be another storm and then you'll get to a sunny side. And if you keep doing that over and over again, we'd be surprised where people can develop their life to. Mm-hmm. Compiling. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Well, I think we're at about time. But sure. I just want to hand it over to you. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you'd like to talk about? Not at all. I, I appreciate you guys giving me a voice. And uh, I really like your guys' stuff. You know, I've I've kind of known of all of you guys for some time just because I used to be a Team Haley client way back when. And, you know, I, I still have a relationship there. So I like to see you guys thriving. Um, you know, close some close friends of mine have been on your podcast and I, I, lo- I like to see it growing. And uh, if I can do anything to help, I, I definitely will. Thank you. Yeah. We're definitely going to have you on again. Yes. Because you have a lot. There's a you, lot yes. in there. For there us. is yeah. a lot. I just want to pick your brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I feel like this is a really good intro episode. But yeah, yeah if, you'd, if you'd honor us and be back, we'd love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely would. And I, I tried to stay... Uh, surface level but pragmatic today i try not to dig too deep into the weeds because some of those subjects you know like anxiety could have realistically been an hour and we yeah start as deep as the ethos would allow us mm-hmm. and i definitely feel comfortable doing that but i also want to give the listeners something that they can digest and chew on a little bit before you know trying to add the complex value just like i'm sure you all do with yeah. your training and your nutrition i never want to get the client yeah. I don't want them to step on the treadmill when it's at 12 miles an hour. <laughs> We're priming them for it right yeah. now. We're getting their brains like ready to dig a little bit deeper once you come on yes. again. Very fun. Very fun. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. We really appreciate it. Do you guys have anything else? We appreciate you. Yeah. No. Thank you. You helped me and I know you helped the listeners and you helped all of us a yes. lot. So thank you. Yeah. This is incredible. And um, I'll reach out. We'll schedule another one. Mm-hmm. Let's. I want you. Where can they contact you or like find your info and find you? It's a great question. So, um, just my first and last name on Instagram, Dylan Fanuff. We have T Miller Elite YouTube. I have Coach Dylan on TikTok, and I think I'm on a a couple other platforms. But I better check with my media producer before I go flat. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not. I'm. I'm sort of at the point where, um, you know, if you really want to have a conversation with me, Instagram's probably the place to do that. It's yeah. where I, if I am going to be spending time on an app. That's probably where I'm going to be, um, you know, and, and also emails in my, my bio and stuff, but I'm pretty easy to get a hold of if anyone needs me. Awesome. Perfect. perfect. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Yes. I appreciate you guys. Thank have you. a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Becoming Relentless, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye. (laughs) Bye. I hope y'all really enjoyed the podcast today, leaving it feeling more relentless than ever. But we have a few things that we would love to ask of you, so I'm going to give this over to Noah. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you could, I know that this is your new favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. Please leave a five-star rating and review. Leave any comments and questions below. And make sure that you're sharing across social media so that all of your friends get to listen to the greatest podcast on earth. And if you have any questions about any topics that we talk about or anything at all, fitness, competing related, anything, we comment. We'll hit you back up um, Instagram or in the podcast under 
if the comment box is there, then we will definitely answer your questions and help you out as best as we can. Absolutely. So leave those five-star reviews, let us know, and we'll talk to y'all again soon. Have a relentless day. Bye. Bye.